Welcome, everyone, to the Bread of Life. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and I'm the Bible teacher at the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. I'm also the executive director of the International Outreach and Disciple-Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. You can learn more about the effective manner in which we're raising up national evangelists, disciple-makers, and church planters by going to cpeonline.org or traincpe.org. I hope you will. Your prayers and your gifts are used by God to sustain the work. Let's turn now and continue our consideration from 1 Kings chapter 18 of the prayer of Elijah that brought down God's fire from heaven. As we learned in our last broadcast, it was a prayer before a sacrifice. All our prayers are to rise to God from the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins. That is why we pray in Jesus' name. We're saying, may all I pray come to God on the merits of Christ and His sacrifice for me alone. We lay our hands on the head of our Lamb, and we claim our place to pray before the mercy seat of God. The gospel says that there is nothing that you can do to save yourself. You are saved completely on the merits of another who died in your place. And you lay your hand on his head every time you pray. It's all in his name. It's all in Jesus' name. Nothing in my hand I bring. Only to your cross I cling. Every prayer begins with this foundation. Every prayer that's heard by God, this is why, by the way, folks, there's no promise that God hears the unbeliever. Now, God in mercy at times will respond, but there's no promise because the necessary access to the presence of God and the ear of God and the favor of God and the response of God is in the merits of Jesus Christ. And it's in response to your hand being on his head, your life being on his life, the transfer of all of your attempts to satisfy God by your good works being abandoned and you abandoning yourself to Jesus alone and to his work alone. And your prayers are intended to be an onward declaration of that fact and the reality that you know it's true. I thought about that on my drive here today and it brought me to tears because... I know that I'm guilty many times of not praying out the gospel. I know myself that I've been guilty of saying, Lord, Lord, I've been so faithful. I've tried. Lord, I've made these promises to you. Lord, consider your servant. And That's not gospel praying. It's not praying before an altar. It's in Jesus' name. It's with your head on the Lamb who died in your place and rose again in perfect righteousness to give you a righteousness that you could never gain, we could never even come close to. We are all in righteousness. He's all righteousness. You think about that. You ask yourself whether you're teaching your children the gospel in your prayers. Bring them before an altar and bring yourself before the altar. And so Elijah drew near the evening sacrifice and he prayed. The second thing you see here is he prayed to God he prayed to a God who keeps covenants and promises he says Lord or Jehovah that's the or Yahweh that's the name of the covenant keeping God God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob basically God of the promises God who promised to Abraham God who promised to Isaac God who promised to Israel or Jacob 
the God of promise. Now, Elijah understood that God had promised to him that he was going to send rain. This whole sequence of events takes place because God comes to Elijah and says to Elijah, I'm about to send rain upon the earth. So when we come to this point where Elijah is praying for rain, he's praying for the very thing that God has promised that he's going to do. And listen, there are things that we have to pray for, but of all things, especially the thing we're supposed to pray for, are the things that have been promised. We're not to presume upon them. We're to understand what God has promised to us and those are the things we're to pray for. God says, raise up a child in the way that he shall go. And when he's old, he'll not depart from it. And well, what do we do with that promise? We pray for its fulfillment. God says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. God says that I'll come into your life and I'll sup with you and you with me. And Jesus says, I'll send to you another comforter. I'll send to you my Holy Spirit and he'll be with you and he'll be in you. And God says, listen, through Jesus Christ, I'll give you everything necessary for life. God says, if you lack wisdom, you ask of me and I'll give you wisdom. God promises that he'll work through your life to bring a witness to the world and to make your life a display of his power over angelic beings. He's promised one day to return for us so that where he is, there will be also. He's promised that he will complete the work that he's begun in us in order that one day he might present us before the Lord Jesus Christ faultless and blameless. And then what do we do with those promises? We pray for their fulfillment. We grab hold of them. We pray for those things. We pray confidently. We pray believingly. We pray faithfully. We pray longingly. Here's what I want to say to you. Know the promises of God. Get those promises into your heart. Fix them surely in that place because the promises represent all the good things that God wants to accomplish in your life. Get them fixed firmly in your heart. Desire them. Long for them. Pray for them. If your prayers are not being answered, I have to ask you, are you praying out the promises of God? Are you praying for things that are consistent with the good things God has said he wants to give you? Are you praying for just things you want for your own sake and for your own self? Pray out his promises. Look at, take your Bibles for a moment and go to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7, I want to read you verses 12 through 16 and then stay there. We're going to read some other passages. David has declared to the prophet Nathan that it's his great desire is that he wants to build a temple for God in Jerusalem. And Nathan basically says to David, pursue that, do that. That's a great thing that you're desiring to do. And then God comes to Nathan in a dream and says, no, I'm not going to let David do that. David has been a man of war and a man of bloodshed, but I'm going to give that to one of his sons to do, the son after him. So Nathan comes and delivers God's promise to David. This is God's speech through Nathan to David. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. This is God's promise to David. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, who I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom, David, your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. 
Your throne shall be established forever. David took the promise to heart that God had given to him through Nathan. He didn't presume upon that promise. He actually prayed for it. So now go to verses 25 to 29 and see how David responds to the promise of God. David prays. Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning your house, establish it forever and do as you have said. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. And let the house of your servant David be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, You just told me this. I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found in his heart to pray this prayer to you. What's David saying? I found encouragement to ask this of you because you promised this to me. It's in my heart to pray this because I've taken your promise. I've put it in my heart. I long for this. I agree with this. And I'm asking you for what you've promised. And now, O Lord God, you are God and your words are true. And you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it. With your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Didn't God just promise that to him? What's he asking for? God just said he would give it to him. That's exactly why he's asking for it. That's what prayer is. Prayer is identifying the promises of God. It's taking the promises of God deep into your heart. It's longing for those things and seeking those things. It's an expression that through your relationship with Him, you are answering to and asking the very things that He's promised. By the way, you're not saying, God, do this because I'm a good person. It's out of your mercy. You're laying your hand on the sacrifice, on the head of the Lord Jesus, and you're saying, God, you've promised all these blessings upon your son. And you've said, I'm a co-heir with him. So I pray for the things you've promised through him to be mine. I long for them. I desire them. That's what you're doing when you're praying in Jesus' name. You're not only praying upon his merits, but you're praying and you're reaching out to claim the promises that are yours through him. Give me those promises. I claim those promises. Here's a third thing that we see here. He prayed as one who not only submitted to the promises of God, but he prayed as one who submitted to the commands of God as well. Not only, basically, I want to be under your rule and your domain. He says, I have done all these things at your word. That's in his prayer. I've, I've done all these things according to what you've said. One of the comforts of praying out of an obedient and submissive life is the likelihood that if you're living in God's will, you'll not be praying outside of God's will. I want what you want. I don't say I want your promises and I don't just say it's in my heart, but it's demonstrated because I've been compelled to follow after Jesus. He's living in me and he's abiding in me and he's transforming me, he's changing me and my great desire is to live in the place where he is that I might have all of his blessings and all of his life. I pray out of God's will. Fourth thing is here. So foundational is you pray before a sacrifice. You pray out the promises. You pray and surrender to the will of God, which is in keeping with those promises. And then the last thing I want you to see here foundationally is he prayed with the conviction that he had to pray. 
God must hear his voice. The prayer that he offered was a necessity. Listen to the expression of this. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. Elijah knew the command of God. Elijah knew the promise of God. But he never presumed that prayer was not important. He he knew that God was sovereign. He knew that God had a plan. But still, this only made him all the more urgent to pursue that plan through the needed expressions of his prayer. God's work was to be done. Sovereignly, God had determined that God's work was to be done in response to Elijah's faithful prayer, rising with his hand upon the sacrifice, responding to and seeking the promises and will of God. So he prayed. And all of this was a source or a foundational source of great confidence and certainty as he prayed. My hand's on the altar. It's before the altar. It's on the sacrifice. My heart is to approve and claim through that sacrifice all of your promises for me. I want above everything else in the way of this life that I've received. I want your will. I want your will. God hears and answers that prayer. Well, thank you for listening to the Minister of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. First, go to traincpe.org, traincpe.org, to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.